Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I was joking with our video audience before the show began that, you know, yesterday we had some fun kind of keeping things positive. We looked at some really good news, I think, for the upcoming season for the Georgia offense. We talked about the trust that seems to have developed between Georgia coach Kirby Smart as quarterback JT Daniels, the praise from Pro Football Focus for Georgia's wide receivers. And as we said, Pro Football Focus is a trusted resource in moments when they're saying good things about Georgia players, it would seem. And the kind of dunce in the corner when they're saying bad things about Georgia players. That's just kind of the way that it seems to go for a lot of UGA fans. You kind of get the point and all of that. So as we kind of go to a Friday, and it's always nice to close out the uh, week on a positive note, as we head towards a Friday here, why not some more good news for UGA? With all of the precincts reporting, it certainly seems like Georgia looks like one of the real big winners, maybe the big winner from the transfer portal offseason. The sweepstakes of, hey, who can go out there and add all the, the the big time players who can scoop all the, you know as many transfers up as you possibly can to fill in whatever holes you think you may have with your roster when it's all said and done it looks like Georgia's a, a pretty big winner in all of this I'll give you some specific details as to why coming up in just a moment but let me kind of just kind of think about this for a second before we get there it's actually somewhat amazing if this is true that Georgia helped itself during the transfer portal because if anything you know to the I think to the common thought out there Georgia's one of those programs who the transfer portal is supposed to work against. I mean, let's face it, Georgia is one of the deepest rosters in all of college football, right? Just uh, one like percentage point below Alabama. You think about like blue chip ratio, which our buddy Bud Elliott does of the percentage of four and five star recruits on the roster. Georgia's what second in the country in that 79, 80%, somewhere along those lines. Uh, Very, very high in terms of elite former recruits on the roster. If anything, I think a lot of folks envision the transfer portal market as being this thing where people take from Georgia's roster they go and poach off Georgia's roster they go shopping in the in the luxury department store and the elite you know Georgia talent that's not getting a chance to play as much as they want to it's supposed to be Georgia losing those guys in the transfer portal but even with Georgia already being among the deepest rosters in college football according to a lot of the folks who are now paying very close attention to this Georgia actually did as well in the transfer portal as virtually anybody did. For those of you watching on video, I'll show this on the screen. And for if you're listening, radio or podcast, I'll read this to you. And I think this is laid out in a very nice way. Our friends over 24-7 sports do some pretty cool stuff from time to time. And this is an example of that. They have a ranking of like, you know, best transfer players, things, uh, whatever else. But it's almost more interesting to me to look at it like this. It's the all-transfer team. And they have an offense. They have a defense. And there are only two schools here who have three transfers on the all-transfer team in terms of a guy at position making a big impact. Uh, Georgia has three of those. Oklahoma has three. We'll come back to Oklahoma here in just a moment. But for Georgia, you know who those three are. It's Eric Gilbert on the offensive side of the ball. It's Derek uh, Darian Kendrick and, of course, uh, Tyke Smith on the defensive side of the ball. So, of the 22 players at the you know the the positions across college football who are expected to make the biggest impact for the upcoming season, Georgia has three of those. So if you want one more reason to feel really good about Georgia for the upcoming season, as, as we've been saying, none of this guarantees a national championship or even an SEC championship or a trip to the college football playoff or anything like that. None of this guarantees that. 
But as you head towards the season, for the Georgia fan who wants to believe in his team, who wants to really you know, feel, feel good about his team, there's absolutely zero evidence out there that Georgia is anyway disqualified from the very top conversation in the sport. On the very shortest list of teams that win a national championship, there is no disqualifying aspect for Georgia whatsoever. They are deep in the mix, in the in the heart of that conversation for this upcoming year, and the, the success that Georgia has had in the transfer portal by virtue of what 24-7 sports points out there is kind of the uh, latest example of that. However, it also causes me to circle back around. It's kind of funny. The way we started the week seems really relevant for the way we're ending the week here on this Friday show. If you remember on Monday's show, and I'll invite you to go back in and check it out if, if you missed it, we talked to John Stinchcomb about this, and we heard from Georgia defensive back, cornerback uh, Amir Speed on this, that there is this need, even with truly great elite talent, guys you recruited out of high school, guys you've developed over the course of the last couple of years, guys that just showed up here throughout the transfer portal, there is still something more important than just putting these very talented uh, players together like a jigsaw puzzle. Because frankly, real life doesn't quite work that way. We've said this over and over again. It's worth repeating here once again on a Friday, that this is not fantasy football. This is real football. And real sports oftentimes don't work like fantasy sports, where all that matters is how good your players are. In real life, good players also have to play well together. I'll just give you the brief example of what we've seen from USA basketball over the course of the uh, last couple of weeks. I watched the game against Nigeria the other night. It's actually kind of amazing to see, even though it's my own country, uh, not looking very good in, in the game against Nigeria. It's somewhat amazing to see the one team has all the better players, right? I mean, it's like, you know, the, the, the most famous, best players in the world all play for the United States. And yet in this particular game, it sort of looks like Nigeria. If the only thing you knew about basketball is what you're seeing from this one game, it sort of looks like Nigeria almost looks like the better team because there is something to be said for chemistry. There is something to be said for how well good players play together. And college football, to a lesser degree, because while Georgia's talented, it may not quite be talented as the United States basketball team. But you get the point here with all of this is that good players also have to, if you'll pardon bad grammar, good players have to play good together. And that is one of those things that obviously Georgia has awaiting it here this year. That's one of the reasons why coaching still matters in college football. Smart coaches who understand the dynamic of all of that and the fact that that's not a test that you can cram for. You can't start in late August or September getting everybody on the same page, getting guys ready to go. It's one of those things that's important the entire way through. The entirety of the offseason, the full phase of the calendar year, bringing guys together, bonding them together so that when September rolls around, they are capable of playing together. And for as well as Georgia has done, already an elite, talented roster, couple of holes when it comes to the injury to George Pickens at wide receiver or the departure of defensive backs into the NFL draft. Georgia then goes and lands some of the top transfers in college football, as evidenced by what 24-7 Sports put out on social media. So Georgia clearly is good at filling its talent void when it needs to, in the rare instances when it actually has one. And also, it seems to have the kind of coaching staff that can bring all these guys together in a cohesive fashion. I think it'll be very interesting to see that play itself out. Then there's this. And I I think I said this on one of the other shows this week, too. There are certain things that in a busy time of year, you just wouldn't even have time to talk about them on the show. But sometimes when we're in that kind of summer phase uh, ahead of the upcoming season, you do have the opportunity to just kind of notice things that seem somewhat curious. Can I see the, the, the tweet from 24-7 Sports on the screen once again? Because I think there's something kind of interesting here that, once again, the two schools that have 
three recruits on 24-7 sports, not recruits, three transfers on 24-7 sports, all transfer team. Georgia, where we mentioned, with Gilbert and Kendrick and Smith. And the other team that has three is Oklahoma. You've got Eric Gray, the uh, very impressive former uh, Tennessee running back. Wanya Morris, of course, a lot of folks know him from the Atlanta area. Uh, impressive offensive lineman now with the Sooners. Sooners also have a uh, defensive guy there as well, although I can't see that at the uh, moment. So they've got three guys on this list. And doesn't it seem like, and I'm not really quite sure what you do with this. It probably doesn't matter that much all the way around. But doesn't it seem like that... Georgia and Oklahoma, even though they've only played just one time in the Kirby Smart era, and really just one time in kind of modern uh, college football history, but doesn't it seem like Georgia and Oklahoma are kind of always somewhat linked, linked here in terms of if you really want to believe in the Sooners as a national championship contender, adding Eric Gray at running back is a pretty big deal. I think most people think Gray puts up pretty big numbers. Obviously, Wanya Morris, a very talented offensive lineman, say nothing of what they've added there on defense there as well. Much the same way, a lot of Georgia's national championship hopes kind of, I don't want to say fully hinge on what Gilbert and the, the two defensive backs do, but it's a, it's a big part of the component pieces of how well Georgia's going to be this season. And if that's true for Georgia right now heading into 2021, you remember what Kirk Herbstreit said at the end of the 2020 season when the college football playoff was announced and we found out who the four teams were they're going to be in. There's obviously a lot of time to fill in the broadcast leading up to that to that announcement, and they're you know, just trying to keep eyeballs on the screen, so they're just kind of talking about whatever, filling in with whatever you want to fill in with. And a lot of you remember this. Kirk Kerbstreet on TV there that Sunday morning, that Sunday afternoon, saying, let me tell you this, the four college football, football teams, playoff teams may be whoever, whoever, but the two teams right now you don't want to play are Georgia and Oklahoma. He mentioned the way that Georgia was playing at the end of the season, the way that Oklahoma was playing at the end of the season. A lot of you know Georgia fans kind of took some pride in that. It's kind of nice to be mentioned in the forefront of the playoff conversation, even if Georgia wasn't actually going to be one of the final four from a year ago in an expanded playoff they probably would have been in Oklahoma too but in uh, a year of a 14 playoff a lot of Georgia fans kind of enjoyed hearing the dogs mentioned in such a prominent fashion and it was also being linked once again with Oklahoma the same thing was true in 2018 as well remember Georgia doesn't make the playoff Herb Street once again on television had argued that Georgia should have been one of the four teams in the playoff after losing closely in the SEC championship game and who went instead of Georgia well in a lot of eyeballs it was Oklahoma who got that spot that Herb Street and others had argued for Georgia to be deserving of and of course one of the great college football playoff games in the playoff era dating back to 2014 was the Rose Bowl on January 1st 2018 at the end of the 2017 season the Georgia Oklahoma matchup there I think one of the most memorable games and certainly recent UGA football history, if not all-time Georgia football history. And once again, it's a link between Georgia and the Sooners. So as I said before, I'm not quite so sure that matters very much, and I'm not really quite so sure what a UGA fan's supposed to do with that. But these are two teams that have played once, and yet the conversation around college football has included the Dogs and the Sooners in the same sentence many, many times before. Great game in 2017, playoff comparison 2018, both two hot teams at the end of 2020, as evidenced by what Kirk Kerbstreet himself said, and two teams who are national championship contenders who have used the transfer portal to bolster their case for the 2021 season there as well. It certainly could be these two teams are destined for a, remake, or a rematch in this year's college football playoffs. Certainly it wouldn't be that strange of an occurrence if that took place, and obviously UGA fans are looking at the arrival of Eric Kilbert, the arrival of Derek, uh, Darian Kendrick, the arrival of Tyke Smith as a big reason why the dogs could indeed be in that conversation. 
My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Kroger, and glad to have you with us no matter how you get to us today, live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, our sort of, is it nascent voyage, is that the word I'm looking for here, the nascent voyage of broadcasting the show on DogNation.com, the soft opening, if you will. That seems to be going pretty well right now. You can watch the show at DogNation.com if you'd like to do just that. A whole bunch of fun stuff, a whole bunch of ways for you to catch up with the program, podcast, radio, on 960 The Ref as well. All kinds of ways to be a part of the show. We just really appreciate you being here. And of course, as we start thinking about back to school, I want you to think about Kroger for a couple of reasons. First of all, they've got great savings on all your back to school needs. About crayons and books and backpacks, lunch boxes, the things to put in the lunch boxes, all the ways you can get going for the upcoming school season, the snacks and everything else. It's right there for you at your local Kroger. You can just stop by and see them in the store. Or you can go to Kroger.com slash school for more details on that. Kroger.com slash school for more details on that. While I've got your attention, let me also tell you about our Kroger 5-Star Kids promotion that's ongoing at DogNation.com. First of all, this is really cool, and you better believe my kids want one of these. They're going to be mad if I don't bring one of them home. If, you, if you're watching a video, you see this on the screen. This is our Dog Nation 5-Star Kids t-shirt we're giving away. Uh, there, let's, we'll go to the big camera for this one. Uh, Dog Nation 5-Star Kids uh, t-shirt we're giving away. 50 of these right now. A random drawing as part of our Dog Nation Kroger 5-Star Kids promotion. If you go to DogNation.com, you can find out more about our 5-Star Kids promotion. We're about to start announcing the winners here. You can also go to info at DogNation.com to nominate your child or the child in your life that you know to be a winner here. In addition to the 50 folks who are going to win the Kroger Dog Nation 5-Star Kids t-shirts. We've also got a collection of gift cards we're going to give to our 5-Star Kid winners. We're going to do five of those coming up very soon. Let me read you off these gift cards just real quick because I think it's actually pretty amazing. It's a $100 gift card to Kroger, a $50 gift card to Domino's, a $50 gift card to Amazon, a $50 gift card to Dick's Sporting Goods. It's $250 with gift cards. It's amazing savings. Uh, Really good stuff all the way around. Uh, And as I said before, in addition to the five winners of those gift card packs, we're also going to do 50 of these Kroger. Kroger uh, Dog Nation 5-Star Kid t-shirt. So dognation.com to find out more details or uh, info at dognation.com to make your nomination there. All right, let me give you a little bit of a house cleaning note about keeping note about what's about to happen on the show. So we are still going to do a on-the-road assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel here coming up in just a moment. Jeff is actually on the road literally right now. He's on his way to vacation. So Jeff was good enough to spend some time with me yesterday on the subject of what's going to happen on July 22nd with uh, Branson Robinson and, and Deny Dennis Sutton. Jeff will give us his thoughts on that, uh, kind of a little bit of a deeper look at Dennis Sutton and Robinson, kind of what they bring to the table as players. Really good stuff. There's also a big date coming up this weekend for the IMG guys. Uh, think about Dalen Everett and, and Keon Zab getting ready to make their announcement. The way I phrased this to Jeff yesterday was UGA at least a hat on the table, figuratively speaking, for these two guys. And Jeff will kind of give you a little bit more details on that about how much Georgia fans should even be paying attention to that as we head towards the weekend. So we'll do a good bit of recruiting talk with Jeff Sintel in a moment. The one thing you should just know, though, it's not a live interview. It's not me asking Jeff questions in the moment and answering them. I interviewed him yesterday. I'm going to play the clips for you coming up in a moment, but it's all fresh and new information. We just did it yet last night, so we're all pretty good on that front. Before we get there, I I do want to 
give you a little bit of a note here as we go around the doghouse with five-star defensive tackle uh, Walter Nolan. So Saturday Down South writes a story about Nolan based on an interview that Nolan's father did with one of those like fan-sided sites from Sports Illustrated, but these are real quotes from from uh, from Nolan's dad, and it gives a little bit of insight in where the Nolan camp thinks about the situation with his group of finalists. He had his top five put out recently, so I wanted to read you a couple of brief sentences on that just to kind of give you the, uh, the, the, the facts on all of this, I guess, as it stands right now. As far as the way that, that Nolan and his family feel about Georgia right now, this is what Nolan's father uh, told the fan-sided Florida side that uh, Saturday Down South has uh, shared the quotes from if you want to follow like kind of the blockchain of how this gets to um to in, into my uh, field of vision so this is what nolan's dad says about georgia he says coach trey scott is one of the best recruiters uh, georgia has a good body of work also meaning success on the field he says and this is interesting from uh from uh, nolan's camp on uh nolan that they uh, that they haven't gotten over the hill yet meaning georgia which i guess their achilles heel is alabama but georgia he says has a good program and they have a good recruiting staff too as far as the feelings from nolan and his family on alabama uh nolan's father says bama is bama all of that work speaks for itself so much the same way for the class of 2021 alabama essentially just sold its prestige as a way of winning with big time recruits in many cases recruits that couldn't even take visits to campus think about dallas turner and, and guys like that uh, in the case of nolan also once again that bama prestige seems to be you know kind of paying off uh, a little bit there on that uh also inter- interesting stuff on florida from uh from walter nolan's father here the five-star defensive lineman saying i think that dan mullen is probably the biggest factor for florida you don't hear that said very much but in this case uh mullen seems to be paying some dividends for the uh, recruitment of nolan here he says to be honest with you i can't even remember who florida's coach was before he got there which is <laughs> i guess a little bit of a ding against uh will muschamp he says that florida has a good coaching staff uh david turner's a good coach uh we enjoy talking with them dan mullen is a good guy it feels like home down there as well he says that the uh, decision could be coming sooner rather than later there too so a little bit of an update from uh, walter nolan the five-star uh, defensive tackle georgia seemingly square in the mix and all of this and for some folks who've kind of wondered who that chief competition is you hear some uh, talk there about florida obviously the alabama prestige and then you've got i guess you know tennessee michigan in the mix in some form or fashion there as well so interesting update on what has been a pretty wild recruitment here involving the five-star defensive tackle walter nolan before we move on we'll do on the road to sits by triple a can i do a couple of quick shout outs here because i got a couple of great uh, uh tweets coming in the last couple of days there is nothing that makes me happier than knowing that all of you are enjoying some of the products we tell you about here on the show so a couple of quick shout out here's shout outs here to those of you who have been trying to finish long drink lately kyle garner reaches out to say he got some on vacation he says as a wise man once said you gotta support the businesses that support the dogs he says and it's tasty to boot so kyle glad to hear that you're enjoying the finished long drink that ready to drink cocktail that comes delicious right out of the can mixed drink uh with a great liquor kick and a citrus flavor also uh s highland 23 reaches out to say that he's in a uh, petaluma california enjoying the long drink strong that's a, a good thing there in the uh, black can eight and a half percent alcohol by volume so big thanks to all of you who are enjoying that finished long drink and don't forget if you check out the longdrink.com, you can find out just like our friends on twitter did there where you can pick that up today and enjoy yourself some as you head towards the rest of the summer they're going to be with us for dog nation invasion coming up there as well in charlotte in the month of september so we'll all get a chance to try it there as we head towards the queen city for that one between the dogs and the clemson tigers 
Before we're done on today's show, a former UGA wide receiver has a brand new home. And I think this is a very interesting development for the upcoming season for one of those teams that could be a little bit of a fly in the ointment for uh, a a lot of the uh, programs out there in college football. So we'll talk about that before we're done. But for now, for everything on the big date for Georgia on July 22nd with Branson Robinson to Denine and Sutton, and for a little bit of an update on some recruiting news that may unfold here this weekend. Let's do all of that with Jeff Sintel right now as we go on the road, assisted by AAA. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. So this is normally the portion of the time on the show where I'd say hello to Jeff Sintel. We'd have a live interview and we would do pretty much what we've been doing on this show now for what, more than five years going on six years of talking recruiting here on a friday on our program on the road assisted by AAA. jeff literally is on the road today he's on his way to vacation so jeff and i spent a little bit of time together last night and this is i think is a good update on kind of where things stand with uga recruiting as jeff gets ready to say goodbye to us for a few days i started our conversation this way by simply asking Jeff what his overarching thoughts were, setting the stage for next Thursday, July 22nd, with two big commitment announcements, two big possibilities for Georgia to add uh, elite names for the 2022 class, what Jeff's thoughts were about that date going into next week. I thought Jeff gave us some good insight. Take a listen to this. It sounds very much like a Kirby Smart stage thing, right? You know, 2022, boss moves, two big guys, uh, boss moves 22 on the 22nd. A lot of wild twos. That'd be like a really great poker hand, maybe. But, um, you know, this is, at least the Branson Robinson decision is based on the, the death of a family member, his uncle, who, who, meant, who meant a great deal to him and still means a great deal to him in terms of a, a galvanizing force to succeed in Branson Robinson's life. Uh, he was slain by a shooter's bullet. Uh, and this is his uncle's birthday. And uh, the hashtag LLB means something to Branson Robinson, and that's why on July 22nd, that's his day. And it just so happens, you know, I talked to Benai Dennis Sutton about it, and he's like, man, it's just a day for me that made sense. He said he wanted to do it around this time. He wanted to do it um, in July. And uh, it, it just kind of comes together. Like, you know, Brandon, there's a story on the, on the website, and it's going to be – I thought it was really interesting how those – those two guys met uh, for the first time at Georgia. And, Brandon, we all know about Branson Robinson, and we thought he was the most chiseled and rocked-out dude uh, imaginable in any recruiting class. But I tell you what, you look at Deny Dennis Sutton, and it looks like Deny Dennis Sutton doesn't skip leg day or arm day or fat pies, glutes, last day, or anything else like that self. And those two guys, it's funny, they're linked together on their commitment day potentially potentially to one school because both of them have Alabama and Georgia uh, in their in their final groups. Uh, but then they but then they visited together for the official visits to Georgia and then they came right around two weeks later and visited together on their official visits to Alabama. So those two guys, they do know each other very well. Yeah, so he talks about the relationship, the connection that uh, that um, denied in a Sutton and Branson Ronan developed with each other. Obviously, we think about those two guys as being linked. Uh, Robinson, the running back, uh, Dennis Sutton, the you know kind of hybrid style defensive lineman because they're announcing the same date. And I guess behind the scenes, they have started to connect a little closer together with each other as well, which I think overall is, is certainly pretty interesting. As far as a little deeper look here denied Dennis Sutton, I think one of the interesting things about Dennis Sutton is 
exactly the position fit that he has at Georgia. He's listed as a defensive lineman. He's about 250 pounds right now. So, you know, does that mean defensive end and a 3-4, maybe adding a little bit of weight? Does that mean, you know, changing over, becoming a little bit more of a true outside linebacker? Does that make him more suited for a 4-3 for, for a type system? You know, I asked Jeff Sintel a little bit more about this to, to give us a little bit of a, of a player description for Denied in a Sutton, player comparisons that you could make, how you think that position works out at a place like Georgia. And Jeff was good enough to go into a little bit more detail about exactly what kind of player Denied Dennis Sutton would be the uh, the uh, defensive lineman here if he chooses the University of Georgia. Here's a little bit more from Jeff on that. I think the name for me that pops for 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 DDS is Tra- Trayvon Walker, and you know how Trayvon Walker is kind of a do it all athlete, a basketball player. Dennis Sutton is too. Uh, where Trayvon kind of leaned towards the defensive end, defensive tackle, defensive lineman side. Well, I think Denai Dennis Sutton leans towards the, the outside linebacker side. He's a, he's a straight-up defensive end in his high school scheme. That's what Penn State thinks he can play and believes he will play. But then Georgia and Alabama both see him, see him as an outside linebacker, a guy that can play in space uh, and play with his hand to ground. And, you know, Dennis Sutton, you know, he, he changes a lot of norms for me, Brandon, because, you know, I, I kind of thought about this the other day, and I probably talked to, like, 50 high school kids a month. I really get to know their stories, their how they work, what makes them tick. And I don't know if I've ever ever come across a young man. Maybe it's just the year 2021. I don't know if I've ever came across a young man that stresses his mental clarity, his mental focus, clearing his mind, going on long walks, meditating every day as a as a mechanism for him to be successful and to pursue what he wants to do with his, in his life with his dreams with such vigor. I don't know if I've ever came across an athlete that, that prioritizes that so much as denied Dennis Sutton. And then the other norm for me, Brandon, that's crazy, is, you know, I, I see a kid that's 260 in high school and defensive and outside linebackers in the conversation. You just naturally think that kid's going to put on 20, 30 pounds by the time he gets to college or his first year of college, and he's going to be a defensive lineman. He's going to be an interior defensive lineman, maybe a five-tech. But with Denai Dennis Sutton, it's a little different, man. He he watches his weight. He's kind of stayed between, like, 240 and 260 for about a couple of years now. He doesn't eat pizza. His coach, Hakeem Soule, told me he was they were hanging out. He's like, hey, man, you want a slice of pizza? And get this, man. What high school deep football player says, no, nah, man, I can't eat that. That's got way too many carbs. I mean, this is a guy – this is a guy, Brandon, I mean, he just got himself figured out already. We we had his interview, we had his audio on Before the Hedges on Wednesday night, and most of the, the Dog Nation viewership was saying, this guy sounds like he is in a college senior or, or he's in the NFL. There's no way he sounds like a high school kid. That's how mature and composed he is right now. I think that's really interesting from Jeff Sintel on the personality that, that uh, Dennis Sutton brings to the table. Very similar to some of the other recruits we've talked about thus far for the class of 2022. If that could describe a defining characteristic for most of the names we've discussed, whether it be UGA recruiting targets or outright commits, there is a level of maturity this class seems to possess that I think has impressed more Georgia fans. The running back target, Branson Robinson, an example of that too. We'll let you hear some of Jeff's thoughts on where things stand with Robinson. In particular, the question that I'm going to ask asked to Jeff in a moment is is it really going to be this easy for Robinson Robinson has not had a lot of 
plot twists. There haven't been a lot of attempts to swerve people. He has been open about his feelings about Georgia for quite some time. Is it really going to be that easy of a walk up to the finish line in Robinson's recruitment? We'll tell you what Jeff said about that coming up in a moment. Before that, let me remind you, this is a version of On the Road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel here today. Jeff truly on the road on his way towards vacation. So we're getting some of his recruiting thoughts from a conversation that I had with him uh, just last night. And of course, as we do that, I'll remind you that it's all presented by our friends at AAA. You know, when you think about AAA, you think about roadside assistance. And if you're driving to vacation here this year, that's a good thing to know you have uh, to help you out if something were to go wrong while you're on the road. But I also want you to think about AAA for that thing that you put on the road, that vehicle that you drive, because when you switch and save your auto insurance with AAA, you can save on average $529. That's money that matters, and it's money that can come to you via AAA uh, when you switch and save for with them today for your auto insurance. Check out the website. It's aaa.com slash auto insurance. That's aaa.com slash auto insurance. You can find out why so many in this auto audience here on Dog Nation Daily has switched and saved with AAA for their auto insurance. All right, so as promised, Jeff Sintel on the subject of Branson Robinson and the fact that Robinson hasn't been shy about talking about his love for the Bulldogs and UGA fans haven't really been too shy about expressing their optimism that next Thursday, Branson Robinson indeed will make that public pledge to UGA. Recruiting battles are notoriously difficult to predict, this one doesn't quite seem to be so difficult to predict. What does Jeff think about that? He told me this yesterday. And this is one of those guys, I guess this, this would feel like a golf tournament maybe where the guy's shooting five under every, five or six under every, after every 18 holes, and you just know it's an eventuality. That's kind of what it feels like. I mean, Branson, Branson, you know, no, I hope nobody in this industry would do that, but Branson's the type of guy that you could call him up on the day before his decision, and he would say, yeah, man, Georgia still leaves. And, and he wouldn't think anything of it. I mean, he would say, this school leaves or whatever. I mean, he would just be like, it's just kind of been for the longest time. He's been feeling Georgia, Brandon, all these. I mean, we've been talking about Branson Robinson and all the signs from his teammates saying the, the Power G, the Nick Chubb 2.0, the Zeus nickname, uh, the Herschel Walker documentary. The fact he didn't want to leave Georgia on his official visit. Um, I mean, this has almost seemed like, I don't know, maybe let me, let me drop a Game of Thrones reference in here, Brandon, where this was a prearranged marriage for many, many years that you just had to get to the, get to the certain point when it was time for it to finally be, I guess it's finally be announced. That's what it sort of feels like, where this is a different commitment, Walt, for a guy that's just kind of seemed match made in heaven with Georgia for quite some time now. It's almost like I'd use a slightly different analogy for all of this. You know, it used to be that, like, we were in the age of, like, movie trailers. I think trailers still kind of matter. But I remember, you know, it used to be that sometimes the movie trailer would show you the whole movie. And the only thing that was left to experience actually watching the full 90-minute, uh, hour, 20-minute, ver- you know, version of this, that, that that's kind of what the movie trailer d- d- you know, gave you, it gave you the beginning, it gave you the middle, it gave you the end. There wasn't a lot of mystery, but the trailer was so good. You still wanted to watch the movie anyway. And I think that's a lot of the ways in which Branson's Robin, Branson Robinson's recruitment has played out. If it truly is this easy to predict Robinson to UGA, I don't think dog fans are bothered by the lack of mystery here. I think they still want to follow this all the way to the, uh, to the commitment date. And if, if Robinson, the elite running back, very impressive prospect that he is, if he truly 
really does name Georgia on Thursday, I think dog fans themselves are going to be just as happy about that as they would be if it was one of those surprise announcements that seemingly comes out of nowhere. The lack of intrigue for this one, in other words, Branson Robinson, if it indeed does play itself out that way, does not seem to be doing anything to to lessen the enthusiasm that Georgia fans have for this recruitment. Of course, as I mentioned, July 22nd looms as a big day with Denai Dennis Sutton and Branson Robinson both making their announcement. But there's also some of a big uh, thing here this weekend there as, as well, as a handful of the IMG Academy guys are also slated to make their college commitment. And a couple of those are situations where Georgia would at least be thought to have a hat on the table. By no means a favorite, and my assumption is Georgia doesn't get either of these commitments, but it's at least worth asking Jeff about it. Dalen Everett, who we talked about uh, the other day, defensive back, Keon Sabs, you know, safety there as well. A couple of players that throughout the process Georgia's been somewhat linked with. I guess there's uh, you know, still you know maybe some reason to believe that Georgia's at least if you want to use the same phrase again, a hat on the table in these recruitments. But ahead of this July 17th date, decision date for these guys, is there any reason at all for Georgia fans to be paying any attention to this whatsoever? Once again, Jeff Sintel talked a little bit about that. Take a listen to this. It's one of those things now, and I don't don't know if both of those decisions are in. There were some big conversations this week between uh, the staff, Georgia's staff, and the staffs of a lot of a lot of schools with those two guys, and it, it sounds this is a get it done week for IMG Academy because you almost expected Tyler Booker to make his announcement and Kamari Wilson to make their announcements because you have Catron Fatman Allen on Friday making his decision, you have Keon Tab, you have David Everett. Uh, I think we've coined a phrase where you know Georgia's recruited a couple of those guys really hard and they looked in great shape with those guys at one point or. Maybe they gave, uh, they gave, you know, a Clemson or a North Carolina the run for the money on a couple of those guys. But, you know, hat on the table, maybe it's a little bit more than a hat on the table. Maybe it's the, the silver or bronze medalist, Brandon. But I know, uh, I know you take no solace in being on the podium when it comes to a five star and a, 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 an elite prospect, maybe not choosing Georgia. So I think that's honest. You know, it is a story worth following because Georgia's at least a little bit in the mix here. But, you know, the one thing that we're not going to do, at least on this show, I'm not going to do, and I don't think Jeff would ever do this either. In fact, I know that he wouldn't, is exaggerate, you know, the, the chances of Georgia getting a recruit that it doesn't appear they're going to get. In the case of Sab and Everett, both really good recruits. It certainly does not seem like right now that's the direction all of this is going. But how about a final thought here for a moment from Jeff before we hear from him? It'll be a few days before we get a chance to check back in with him. He is going to be on vacation here. Everything as far as where it stands for Georgia with the 2022 class right now, we clearly know, and we've said this, that July 22nd is going to be a big date for the dogs. And kind of how does all of that fit into the big picture? Once again, Jeff Sintel was good enough to share his thoughts. This is the time when uh, a guy like me gets on vacation because it's about the only time it could happen. And pretty wonders, well, that, that means the commitments are coming because, you know, guys in the industry are going on vacation. So, I mean, it's that time of year, you know, Georgia, it, it, it sounds crazy, Brandon. So many people have been looking to the early announcements in July, which now feels like commitment season, and everybody's forgetting there's going to be an open period, or at least a period, a quiet period where recruits can come back on campus uh, in the month of July. I think it's going to be an integral uh, visit for Oscar Delt to Clemson to see if Clemson can kind of kind of shake the tree a little bit on that recruitment as well. It's, you know, they can get in the mix with a couple other major players. But, um, you know, 
for me, this is just a different recruiting cycle. Different things have happened because we're not used to the parameters of these kids taking their official visits. Now you're going to have another rush in August where if the guys don't commit in July, try to get in August before their senior year. A lot of names. You know, is Travis Shaw going to go, go the distance? Jamar Stewart, Walter Nolan, Andre Green Jr. You know, the, the focus will shift. Um, even if it feels like Georgia hasn't got a commitment in ages, you look at the 24-7 sports team rankings, they're ninth when all of us, for, for me and Brandon, what was it, the beginning of June, they're all, and they held the number one class in 2022 and 2023 simultaneously. I think everybody's just ready to hear some good news again. Indeed, ready to hear some good news. And the bottom line on all of this is July 22nd, this upcoming Thursday, may be that day where Georgia wins at least one big commitment, could win two as running back Branson Robinson and defensive lineman denied in a sudden get ready to make their announcements good stuff from jeff sintel on that as we go on the road with him assisted by AAA, just ahead of his vacation him sharing some thoughts on uga recruiting and i'm glad he was able to provide that insight let's take a look around the rest of the league this is sec fruit so interesting stuff all the way around there from jeff sintel and you know certainly all eyes for georgia do seem to point towards thursday the big commitment decisions come down next week's actually going to be a really busy week many of you are aware of this leading into what's going to happen with the recruiting front on thursday it's sec media days we'll have sec country live live from hoover alabama on wednesday of course the georgia day for uh, sec media days on tuesday there'll be big time coverage of all of that from dog nation i think fair to say we'll go wall to wall (laughs) i never really know what the media entities mean when they say they're going wall to wall with coverage but but uh, whatever wall to wall is it certainly sounds like we have wall to wall coverage coming from not just what the georgia guys say next week at sec media days but what all the other coaches and players say about Georgia if and when they do say something about the dogs that's all going down next week for SEC media days and of course big recruiting day for us on Thursday a lot of video planned for the decisions for Denied in the Sutton and Branson Robinson will be all over that there as well as we transition our SEC through let me also say this for a moment I know as you head towards the upcoming school year many of you heading toward or you have children family members whatever else heading towards college for the first time one of the big questions you always face is you know how are we going to pay for the uh the, the college experience that's one of the things that my friends at college avenue can do for you uh last minute help to potentially cover some of those college experience expenses you might have i'm talking about private student loans from college avenue uh they can cover the full cost of college uh competitive interest rates flexible repayment plans that's certainly a great thing uh great customer service was always really important on all that too it's a quick quick stress-free it takes just three minutes to apply here so great way to get in touch with college avenue and get some of those last minute college expenses taken care of competitive interest rate they're going to take really good care of you if you go to college i'm going to cut it's college aves i think college avenue here the word college ave.com college ave.com and you can find out the interest rate that you can get, the repayment plan that you can get. Uh, it's going to be something made for you to match your budget. So make sure you check them out today. That's collegeave.com for a lot more on that. SEC through time here now. And that was very interesting yesterday. Dan Wolken from USA Today reporting. This has essentially been backed up by the reporters now, too. Then in a conversation with Mark Emmert, the NCAA 
commissioner, I guess you call him, uh, president maybe, whatever his title is, the leader of the NCAA, that sounds like he's now ready to relinquish some of the power that comes with that position and more of the decision-making for college athletics will now be made by conference commissioners. And the obviously the SEC in particular uh, would seem to benefit from this when you look at how instrumental the SEC was in saving the college football season a year ago when it looked like for a while all of the momentum was moving towards a complete cancellation of the season and leagues the sec wasn't the only one you'll give the acc credit for some of this too uh but leagues like the sec were able to pump the brakes on this and save the season get the games taking place there in the fall and the rest of the sport kind of followed suit most of the rest of the sport followed suit in in the aftermath of that of course since all of that there's even been more interesting twists and turns with the ncaa the loss in front of the supreme court the rise of name image likeness the transfer portal everything else the decision making process for college sports moving forward not just football but all the sports may be less centralized at the ncaa level and handled more by the various conference commissioners now for some people they're not going to like this because some people look there are just some people in life who like the idea of central planning they just they just live for that kind of thing and there are some people who want a little bit more of a central planning type you know attitude for college sports a little bit more uniformity in decision making that's never been something that i've had a it's, it's never really bothered me that, that conferences kind of move at their own whims you know the fact of the matter is different regions of the country have different values different you know different things are important so various conferences taking slightly different tax towards things and then coming together when it, when it matters to say organize a college football playoff or something like that that seems to me a fairly sensible thing the truth is sometimes i don't like the way that greg sankey makes decisions within the sec i think some of his decisions within the league have been worthy of criticism but when Sankey represents the SEC outside the league I tend to think he does a fairly good job in in that regard so if the move away from NCAA controlled power towards more conference controlled power if that does indeed happen I think for college sports in in a roundabout way it probably ends up being a slightly good thing Addison Nichols is an elite four-star offensive lineman and in light of what we were just saying about Dalen Edwards and Keon Sab, important to note that Nichols this week came out with his top three he had Ohio State in there he had Tennessee in there and he had North Carolina in there as well and you know Nichols was a guy I guess at one point in time that uh, was kicking the tires on Georgia Georgia kicking the tires on him but as he moves towards his list of finalists looks like that's not going to be a thing here I do want to just say this really briefly I think this is kind of interesting so when Kansas hires Les Miles, seems like kind of a retread hire of a guy that once won a national championship. There are a lot of people who thought, I'm not, I'm not really quite so sure how that works out. But the same thing would have been said when UNC rehired Mac Brown. Many of you remember Brown was head coach at North Carolina before he went to Texas. Once again, this is kind of a retread hire from a coach who won a national championship quite, so long, uh, quite a long time ago. Not a young man by any stretch of the imagination. And it would, it would have been very easy. In fact, it was easy. Most of us probably did say similar things about UNC hiring Brown that were said about Kansas hiring Les Miles. And here we are, you know, all these however many months later, and think about how different these two hirings seem to have gone. Miles is out in shame at Kansas, and his entire reputation as a coach is tarnished forever because of what's happened to him here recently. And yet, Mac Brown has North Carolina looking like a major player on the scene. Now, listen, 
a lot of the recruits that we connect them to right now are just that. These are recruitments that UNC is involved with. It remains to be seen how many of these recruiting battles they're truly going to win. They could win with Everett over the weekend. They might not. That might end up being Clemson. Same thing for Addison Nichols here as well. Maybe he goes there, maybe he doesn't. Travis Shaw, maybe he goes there, maybe he doesn't. But when was the last time, if ever, you heard UNC mentioned so prominently in so many top recruiting battles? Mac Brown and the staff that he's hired, they're doing a pretty good job right now. I did not see this coming. This has been pretty impressive all the way around. Let me try to pick up the pace here a little bit because there's a couple other stories I want to get to. So obviously new leadership at UCF now, now that former athletic director Danny White has taken the job at Tennessee, and the offer that was once on the table from Florida seemingly has been accepted. Mike Bianchi from the Orlando Sentinel and Orlando Sports Radio reporting this week that Florida and UCF will play one of those two-for-one home-and-home deals coming up in the future where Florida will get two home games, one first, then one in the distant future. And UCF will, I think they call it the bounce house there in Orlando, UCF will get Florida coming in. So I, I think this is a good job by UCF, and I think it's an embarrassment that Danny White wouldn't accept this offer, that somehow he wanted the the ease of, hey, we'll claim a national championship without actually ever having to beat any real teams to do so. He really didn't want the two-for-one offer that, that Florida you know wanted to extend here. Uh, essentially acting like the UCF and Florida were on the same level with each other. I'm an ultimate Gator hater, but obviously we'd laugh at the idea that a group of five team like UCF, no matter how many national championships they claim, might be on the same plane as Florida when it comes to football. So now White is gone and UCF's making the decision they should have made all along. I'm also going to give a little credit to Florida on this too. And you know I don't like doing that, begrudgingly giving this credit to uh, Florida in that they don't have to do this, right? I mean, if Florida never played UCF, I don't think anybody would say they were under obligation to do that. But you sort of get the sense they're doing this because some people in the state, maybe even some of their own fans, probably even some of their own fans, kind of want them to. I don't believe there are tons of UCF fans, but the ones that do exist are probably pretty mouthy. And I think there's some Florida fans who would like to shut them up, and so therefore they're athletic department is kind of giving them what they want on this it's probably somewhat good for college football to have these two in-state teams playing each other so the fact that florida is seemingly going to do this i think it's probably a pretty good thing all the way around i thought there was an interesting story in the jackson clarion ledger about lane kiffin about how much he's changed since uh he was the brash guy as tennessee coach and kind of what he learned at fau and uh blake topmeyer's the writer it's a really good story you should read it i'll try to put a link to this when i post the show later on but the big takeaway is that, that Kiffin's kind of more than the guy that you see on Twitter. This is one of those things I want you to pay very close attention to next week at SEC Media Days because I don't think there's a bigger divide anywhere between how a guy is perceived on social media versus how he actually behaves in real life than Lane Kiffin, uh, his Twitter personality compared to his real-life personality. I think a lot of folks expect next week at SEC Media Days for Kiffin to be one of the stars of the event. I'm simply telling you that's not going to be the case. Kiffin is not that kind of dynamic personality in real life. He is and this is going to sound more disparaging than I intend for it to, he's a real-life keyboard warrior. I mean, he's one of these guys that really does have a lot more bass in his voice when he's typing into a phone than he has when he's actually performing in real life. And I think next week at SEC Media Days is going to be an example of that. I don't hate Kiffin. I like him as a play caller. I think he's less than when it comes to head coach in comparison to the you know the top guys in this league I don't think he quite comes across as senatorial as I'd like for a head coach to come across and I think we may see an example of that uh, this week there at SEC Media Days 
I'll also mention a couple of other stories here real quick. I saw where Brent Venables, the Clemson defensive coordinator, has signed an extension to remain with the Tigers. Amazing that, you know, I mean, you talk about, you know, Clemson and its success and why it's remained a national power for as long as it has. The 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 presence of a guy like Venables not leaving to go take a head coaching job, being content to coach that side of the ball there for the Tigers is a big reason why on that. And obviously, Venables will be a big name that we think a lot about as we head towards the upcoming season. And then finally, uh, a little bit of a shout out to former uh, Georgia wide receiver J.J. Holloman, who had been at FIU, but it was announced yesterday on Twitter, it was reported that Holloman is now on his way with Hugh Freeze at Liberty this upcoming season, catching passes from Malik Willis. We're already one of the more dynamic offenses in college football. The Flames get a little bit better with the arrival of uh, Holloman. How a player could end up going from FIU to, to Liberty, I guess, is uh, something for other people to kind of consider about you know, what may have gone on that led him into the transfer portal on that. But either way, I plan on watching Liberty a lot this season and having Holloman there only makes that more interesting for me. I'm actually kind of excited about this all the way around. So uh, good for Holloman finding a new home, and we'll certainly wish him well as he plays on what's going to be one of the more dynamic offenses in all of college football with the Flames here this season. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up the program. And as we say goodbye to you here today, always uh, great to wrap things up in style with a Gator-Hater roll call. Our golden shoe this week has been decidedly of the variety version you know not necessarily you know true gator hating credentials necessarily but let's go ahead and give you some some true old school gator hating golden shoe stuff today and no better person to step up and claim that than our buddy mad dog who says as his caption when you're working on your grilled gator recipe for this october and you see kirby smart there with the gator being seasoned up there on the uh, cooking surface uh, pretty interesting stuff from mad dog uh very entertaining all the way around mad dog congratulations to you you are our golden shoe winner for today and speaking of those lousy stinking gators how about our gator hater countdown in 106 days dogs go back to jacksonville they get a win over the lousy stinking gators we can't wait to see that happen we'll talk to you monday dog nation daily presented by kroger have a great weekend everybody and on the podcast time now for the rs andrews podcast cool down of course rs andrews got you covered for that hot summer that's still on its way hottest days of the summer still yet to come that means that tired air conditioning unit and let's face it you know your air conditioning units on its last legs at least many of you do and if you want to get a little more life out of it, if you want to just kind of help push it across the finish line just a little longer, R.S. Andrews can do that for you. They'll get your system tuned back up to factory fresh specs. Find them online, rsandrews.com. It costs just $99. So we talked wide receivers in the program yesterday, and I, I do think it's somewhat interesting that Pro Football Focus had the Georgia tandem of receivers, Eric Gilbert plus someone else, as ranked as high as they did for the upcoming year, uh, top three, I, you know, Obviously, we have a little bit of a love-hate relationship sometimes with what pro football focus does in terms of how seriously you even want to take it. You have every right to ignore it all the way around. But to think that that's the stature, if you, if you want to take it seriously long enough just to have the conversation, to think that's the stature that that position group has grown for Georgia in recent years is actually pretty amazing. I want to read this from Red Dog 1 on our Dog Nation comment section. He writes, Remember when we were hoping that uh, Bush and Landers would step up and how we got Cagers, a fifth-year senior, if not for him, and a George Pickens last-second UGA decision? Uh, think about how lean that year, he means 2019, would have been as far as receivers goes. He says, I'm happily, uh, I'm happy that those lean receiver days appear to be gone. I think that's true. And this is one of those things that, you know, as you tell the story of Georgia, I think this really has to be fully considered. 
that obviously for the first couple of years as Kirby Smart as a head coach of Georgia, recruiting very well at other positions, receiver kind of lagged a, a little bit in comparison to the depth and the talent was being collected at the other position groups. But it's important to note that's not just a Kirby Smart phenomenon, that you actually have to go all the way back to, like, what, 2009, prior to the 2019 signing class that the commenter mentions here. You have to go all the way back to 2009 to find an instance in which Georgia signed a top 10 receiver nationally. So there was a long drought for Georgia, even though some of those years, all the the Aaron Murray years, you know, big-time passing numbers, uh, you know, through – up, up until Murray left the program in 2013, from 2010 through 2013. Some pretty big-time passing numbers, obviously the career of A.J. Green, uh, you know, there as well, um, of course, prior to the 2009. But the, uh, but, but the point here is, is that, you know, this was a program that had a long drought of elite wins in the recruiting wars when it came to wide receivers. And so that's kind of the situation that Smart inherited when he got here, and obviously Smart was – the kind of running, the kind of coach that that loved the line of scrimmage, that loved the running game, that that built his best offenses in 2017, 2018 around that. And now he's looking to transform, and this is still a process that's very much a work in progress. Right? We haven't seen the full iteration of of the best version of the Georgia passing attack. But the one thing you can't discount, though, is as that's on its way to occurring, as the commenter alludes to here. The recruiting wins of 2019 when you brought in George Pickens and you brought in Dominic Blaylock, the recruiting wins of 2020 when you brought in Arian Smith and Marcus Rosemey Jackson and Jermaine Burton and Justin Robinson, who we're going to probably see more of this year than we have up to this point in time. You can't discount the role that those recruiting wins played in the potential that Georgia has for this upcoming year. And it may not be quite what Ohio State's done in the receiver position, what Alabama's done in the receiver position, what Oklahoma's done in the receiver position. But to even have the possibility of being this deep that it appears Georgia could be for the upcoming season, you had to punch above your weight class in recruiting just to get to that point. And that's why, you know, while a lot of folks were – you know, putting a little bit of a spotlight on Cortez Hankton, the receivers coach, for maybe what hasn't happened at the recruiting spot for wide receiver. I think you have to put a little bit of a spotlight and pat him on the back for what he has done. The recruiting wins that Georgia has earned without a whole lot of on-field results to sell to receivers actually puts Georgia in a situation to, what was the commenter said, not go back to those days of lean talent at the receiver position where you're hopeful that a, a fifth-year guy like Lawrence Cager could step in and play better than he had ever played while he was at Miami. Yeah, it seems like Georgia has graduated from that level here for the season, and I can't wait to see just how true hopefully that becomes when the season does truly take place. Great comments. Thanks for being here as a part of our R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down Today. Hit me up on Twitter at DogNationDaily or in the comments section at DogNation.com. When we post the show each and every day, we'll give you a chance to to react to all the uh, things that are going on around the program. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday for Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. And, of course, check out R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com there as well. I'll talk A.C. units, but also heating situations you head towards the winter. Electrical and plumbing, that kind of stuff can go wrong at any point in time. All those big systems in your house, R.S. Andrews can help fix them all when they get broken because story after story, they've been delivering smiles. They can deliver a smile for you there as well. Find them online at rsandrews.com. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.